All right, teachers, welcome back to another episode of the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast. Hopefully you've been able to enjoy your winter break, unplug, although you are sitting here listening to a podcast episode about teaching, so that just speaks volumes about the kind of teacher that you are. So I do want to say that we are re-airing a best of episode on this particular Tuesday, and this is because we really feel it is incredibly apropos to discuss this particular um, unit, which is the best unit to use for after winter break. So hopefully listening to this now is going to set you up for success when you head back next week or the week after, depending on when you go back to school, and something that you can just, boom, dive right into and utilize in your classroom. So with that being said, hopefully you enjoy this podcast episode. If you are loving the podcast, leave us a review on iTunes. It means so much to us and also helps spread the word about our mission here and what we share at EB Academics. All right, have a wonderful rest of your winter break and hopefully you enjoy this podcast episode. Let's dive in. All right, you guys, we are excited to dive into today's episode. We're going to be talking about the perfect unit for after winter break, which we think is very apropos, right? This is airing at the very end of December. This is going to be our last episode of 2021. We're taking next week off to enjoy the holidays with our families and hope that you're able to do the same thing too. Um, But we know it's been just kind of a tough year um, in general, um, especially for teachers. You know, we've been seeing it on social media, Instagram, Facebook, from our teachers in the Facebook group, just a lot of challenges this year that are completely outside of the norm. You know, teaching is hard anyway, teaching during a pandemic for the third year in a row, um, is just really starting to take its toll. So with that being said, we want you to really enjoy your winter break, like take the time to completely unplug, remove yourself from teaching and take some time off to just recharge and do the things that you love, or even just the things that have gotten pushed to the back burner, right? I know sometimes for me, that's the laundry or the dishes, or my house is just falling apart. And my husband's like, what have you been doing? I'm like, just busy. You know, I can't clean up all the time. Um, but anyways, my husband carries his weight too. So (laughs) with that being said, we want you to enjoy your break, but we also want you to have something to look forward to when you go back after the winter break. I don't know about you. I think you probably had this experience, but after the winter break, going back to school, like January 4th or January 6th, Mm -hmm. I was always kind of like, I don't really want to go back. You know, (laughs) I feel like that's an understatement. (laughs) (laughs) I just remember one year I was going to say it was like raining. This was again at our school that we taught at in LA. And I had to go in like the Sunday before we went back to school and it was dark and miserable. And I was by myself in the school making photocopies. And I'm like, why did I do this to myself? Yeah. Like I made a vow never again. Like I want to be <laughs> excited to go back and see. My yeah. School. And have everything all set up, you know, just talking about like organization wise, yeah. like get everything we're going to talk about today for this unit. When you go back to school is with the goal to have you be excited to go back to school, right? Like enjoy your winter break, get all of this set up before you leave and relax And then you get to feel like, oh, sweet. I'm going to teach that unit that I already set up before, you know, I left for the break and I'm excited to go back and do this with my students because I think that puts us just in a different brain space, right? A lot of what happens to us, I believe is what we think is going to happen to us and what we manifest for ourselves. So if we're going back to the school year in January with this attitude of, oh man, this sucks. I don't want to go back. Well, what's your experience going to be, right? You are where you put your attention. But if you have just kind of this 
different attitude toward it of sweet. I have this great unit. I set myself up for success before the break even started. I can't wait to be back in the classroom with my students. That's going to give you most likely that result that you're going to be excited to go back to school. And that's just something that is a great way to kick off a new year. You know, this is a new opportunity um, for hopefully a better half of, of a school year for you. Um, so we want to walk you through our favorite ELA unit to use with your middle schoolers that first week after coming back from vacation, we're going to walk you through all of the activities um, in this particular unit so that you can go ahead and kind of recreate it and use it with your students too. Yeah. And so this unit is something that Caitlin and I have both used with our students in the classroom. And I like what she just said there is that you can create this on your own. So we're going to walk you through each part of it to give you ideas so you can set it up for your students. And what I love about this unit is that it ties into the new year, an idea of a fresh start, right? So it's very relevant for going back to school in January. So it allows you to do kind of a new year's resolution activity with your students, but continue to maintain that rigor that you've used for the first half of the school year. And it's like a perfect mini. It takes about a week or so and it reviews claims and evidence and justification because, you know, you've probably been doing that with your students all throughout fall and winter, but those two weeks break, it might slip their mind a bit. And you just want to do like a quick refresh of that without spending a ton of time. So I really like that. And then a bonus is that it's minimal prep for you. And what I like about this unit is in particular is that it includes a Socratic seminar, which is always a win because students practice those speaking and listening standards, but you can grade on the spot. So it's like, okay, grading's done for that activity. Mm -hmm. And then there is a writing component to it. But what I like to do with my students after winter break is instead of having them all write an essay, they could partner write the essay with a friend. So they were excited. It was made it a little more exciting. And then I had only half the amount of essays <laughs> to grade. So it was a win for Smart. both of us. <laughs> yes. Um, so again, like Caitlin said, it's important that you have something to look forward to after break. Cause when you're excited about that unit, you're going to show up differently for your students. You're going to be excited about it. Then they're going to show up excited. It just makes it all the better. So we're going to walk you through that unit right now. Yes. Um, before we dive into each of the different activities, I do want to let all of our EB Teachers Club members know um, that this whole unit is available in the EB shop and you can use one of your free coupon codes to grab it. I think it's called New Year's Unit. Um, mm-hmm. but it's based on Langston Hughes, thank you, ma'am, short story unit. So I think if you type in new year in the EB shop, it should pop up for you. Um, and if you're not an EB teachers club member yet, but would like to be, um, please go ahead and add your name to our wait list. We're going to be opening enrollment for a very short period of time at the very end of December. You want to make sure that your name is on that wait list so that you can join us as we head into the new school year. Um, and you can really start to adopt our philosophies that we talk about time and time again in our EB teachers club. And that is to be, do, and thrive, right? Be the teacher you want to be, do great work and thrive both inside the classroom and outside the classroom. And we have so many teachers right now who are just seeing such amazing wins in their classroom, but also in their personal lives. I can't tell you how many times we've had teachers come into the Facebook group recently and said, despite everything that's been going on, I am actually able to leave school at school and go home and just spend time with my family or spend time with my friends or spend time with myself doing whatever the heck I want to do. Um, we actually had a teacher last night post into the Facebook group that the Texas commissioner of education came into her classroom as her students were working on our one pager resource and was just like, so blown away, so proud of her and what she was doing with her students. And it was just really cool to see her have that huge win 
at a very stressful time right? in her classroom. No, I think she no. even said like, she didn't know they were coming in. She thought they were going to yes. only visit the younger grades. So it was like surprise visit. <laughs> Can't plan for that stuff. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anxiety. Yes. Um, so anyways, we'd love to invite you to join our EV teachers club. It's a wonderful membership of middle school English teachers, just like you. If you add your name to the wait list, go to ebacademics.com forward slash membership. Um, and once we open enrollment and you join, you can use one of your free coupon codes that you get as a member to actually get this resource for free. So you don't even have to recreate it. Um, if you don't want to. So with that being said, this unit, like I said, focuses around the short story. Thank you, ma'am by Langston Hughes. Um, it's a challenging unit for students, definitely usable with fifth through eighth grade. Mm-hmm. You'll just kind of have to adjust your expectations. I use it with fifth graders and eighth graders. Um, and both of them were able to do the unit very, very well. So with that being said, let's break down the unit into each of the different activities. I think you're starting with the first one, right? Yes, I am. So day one of your unit, we're talking first day back after winter break, you're going to do what we call five word wonder. It's a preview activity. You can use this with any novel short story, but for this particular one, what you do is you don't tell your students that they're going to be reading. Thank you, ma'am. You keep it a surprise. And instead Before you read it, you choose five words or phrases, and then you just put them on the board. And these words or phrases should come from the story and be relevant to the story without giving too much away. So for this particular story, two of the phrases we like to use are blue suede shoes and Mrs. Luella Bates, Washington Jones. So they're all listed on the board. Students get in groups and then they come up with what they think the story is going to be about. So they write their prediction based on those words. They have to use those words or phrases in their prediction. And then you can elevate this by making it really fun and giving out awards for like, which group was the most accurate, which group was way off or the funniest, most humorous, whatever you want to do. If you want to do that, the awards are not necessary by any means, but it can kind of take it to the next level, but it just hooks students and gets them excited about the story. And they're, they're also practicing their inferencing skills, right? Mm -hmm. Love it. So that's the first thing that you'll start Mm -hmm. with. And then on that same day, probably depending on how long your class periods are, you're going to start reading the actual text with your students. So I always like with short stories, I always like to read my, um, my paper. I like to use my paper on the Elmo. Mm -hmm. Why am I having problems with words? Um, (laughs) I put it on the Elmo and I demonstrate how I would annotate yeah. as we're reading together. So students are annotating with me. I'm sharing my thought process with them um, because there are a lot of like nuances and illusions in the short story that you want to kind of call students' attention to um, by asking leading questions and really engaging them with the text. We also focus a lot on internal and external conflict um, within this particular story, as well as characterization. So of Roger and Mrs. Luella Bates, Washington Jones. So those are kind of the two lenses I would really focus on um, in terms of what you are reading for as you're reading this text. Then after you read the text together, probably on the second day, you're going to do a Socratic seminar with your students. You're going to use critical thinking questions. So we include these in our unit, but I'll give you some examples of critical thinking questions as well. Um, But when you create these questions, you want to make sure that they're open-ended. It's not just like yes or no. Um, Students have to find uh, evidence from the text to support their position so that they really can have these rich discussions with their classmates. So two examples that you could use. The number one, sorry, the first example is Mrs. Jones's reaction is not what the reader might expect. So after you've read the story, this will make sense. But her reaction is not what the reader might expect. 
Why do you think that she responds this way? And so students are now able to take a position. Why does she respond this way? What evidence from the text would make me um, understand her character a little bit more, right? Tying into that characterization reading that we did um, with our students as we were reading the text. Another example would be, why is it so difficult for Roger to express his gratitude to someone who not only spared him the consequences of his actions, but gave him the money anyway? So that's a really deep question too. It gets students thinking. One little tip about Socratic seminar is if you're using it with younger students, you might want to give them the questions the day before and have them kind of search for answers at night for homework and then come to the Socratic seminar the next day prepared. Definitely a good tip, especially with like fifth graders. Mm -hmm. Um, So again, depending on how long your class periods are, you might do this next part of the unit on the same day as the Socratic seminar or save it for day number three. And this is the new year's resolution activity. So I mentioned this earlier that we're going to tie that into the unit because it just makes so much sense with what the story is about. So this activity is meant to get students thinking about the theme of second chances and a fresh start. So it's exactly what the new year and new year's resolutions are all about, right? And so students will create their own new year's resolutions, and then they're going to discuss how they're going to have a fresh, fresh start, just like Roger in the short story, right? Mrs. Jones gives him that fresh start. So we're going to focus on the theme of the story and we're going to apply it to students own lives. And again, I mentioned this earlier as well, but we want students practicing that evidence, premise, justification claims, all those things from the first half of the school year. So we're going to have students choose one quote from thank you, ma'am, that embodies that main theme, that topic of fresh starts, right? So they're going to write why they chose this specific quote that they did to represent the main theme of the story. And then they're going to write about how that theme is applicable to their own life. So again, tying it back in, it just makes it nice. I just, I don't know about you guys, but um, in January, I always felt like I should mention New Year's resolutions, but it was like this awkward, like, are we all going to go around the room and say what we're, you know, our <laughs> goals are? It just felt kind of like a waste of time. And I like that this made it more relevant to the literature that we were studying. Yeah. I love that. Um, so then after that activity, the next one that we have students do is a haiku activity. And this is great for really understanding Roger's character. So basically what students are going to do is they're going to put them in Roger's shoes and they'll write a haiku as though they are him, um, that shows if, or how he is planning on growing or changing in the new year after Mrs. Jones gave him a second chance. So she gives him a second chance in the story and students have to decide is he going to change? And if he does, how is he going to change? Right. So they're really thinking about him as a character based on the text that that you've read with them and how you've read the text together. So an example that we wrote, that's really simple is a quick decision, a lesson learned from kindness, turn my life around. So in this case, right us or this student, right? We're the ones who wrote it, but this student, let's just say, um, has decided that Roger has, is going to change his life around. Right. And he learned this lesson from kindness. Like that's why he's going to turn his life around. Um, so it's great because this gets students to really think about word choice. I love having students do haikus for kind of a wide variety of yeah. texts or activities that we're doing, um, because they have to be super intentional, with their word choice, a great opportunity to teach them about diction, right? In your class. Um, and then students will write a second haiku and they will write then how they themselves plan on making a change for the better in this new year. So this kind of relates to what Jessica was saying about new year's resolutions, but 
it's specific to the student in the form of a haiku based on what they've read and Roger and second chances and doing things differently. So they're essentially writing two haikus, one from Roger's shoes and one from their own shoes. I'm just smiling because when I heard you read that haiku, I can't help but like naturally repeat it in my head and count out the syllables. I <laughs> is it wrong? Every, it's no, wrong, it's right. It? It's okay. right. Five, I seven, five, right? <laughs> but I just feel like whenever I see haikus, I read them twice and I like just count those. Count. <laughs> I do the <laughs> same teacher thing. thing, right? Hilarious. Um, okay. The next activity, the next part of this unit, this probably is one of my favorites. This in five word wonder, I feel like, but it's a thank you note activity. And I think thank you notes have kind of, um, become somewhat of a thing from the past. Like you just don't see people writing them as often anymore. And to me, they're very, very important. I definitely make my own children write thank you notes. Even my two-year-old, I will write it and I'll make her like kind of say it out loud for me. (laughs) So I like this activity with students with this particular short story though. What we do is we have students practice writing a thank you note, but from the perspective of Roger to Mrs. Jones. And so we give them a framework. We don't just tell them, okay, write a thank you note, pretend you're Roger, right? That's not going to give us quality writing, but instead we give them the framework for a good thank you note. It starts with a greeting. It includes an expression of gratitude. They add details about how they plan on using the gift received. Is it something tangible or is it, you know, kind of an experience? Um, they look to the future. So for example, they might tell the person, you know, I look forward to seeing you again on such and such date. They say thank you again, and then they close out their thank you letter. Now, I don't know about your students, Caitlin. My students loved this activity. They got into it. They really tried to take on the way Roger spoke and be clever with how they wrote their thank you notes. And then we'd read them out loud and, you know, everyone enjoyed it. It was just like a fun, interactive activity. But I like that you can also take it a step further. So now that students know this framework of the greeting, the expression of gratitude, et cetera, you can encourage them to maybe write some thank you notes of their own for gifts they might've received over the winter break. So I just like that we're teaching them a life skill and yet again, tying it back into the literature. As you were reading the framework for it, I was reminded of the fact that when I write thank you notes, I follow the framework that for the thank you notes, when we had created this activity, oh, because 100%. Like, what am I supposed to say? Because it's like every time, right? You want to fill up the whole card. You don't want just like two lines. So I follow this framework as well. (laughs) It's very helpful. Um, And so then the last thing that you'll do, Jessica kind of alluded to this in the beginning was wrapping up the unit with a response to literature, right? We always want to give our students opportunities to practice these skills of claims, evidence, justification, especially justification, right? That's a question we get all the time is my students don't get justification yet. And that's because we have to give them so many opportunities. It's something that takes a while and a lot of practice um, for them to get better at. So for this particular unit, you might want to do like Jessica said, a partner essay, a group essay. I mean, be creative with it. You don't want to give yourself a ton of essays to grade and work right when you go back to school, because you're not going to look forward to that. Um, if that's what you've set up for yourself. Uh, but basically we, we always like to provide students with a text dependent question at the end of any text that they've read so that they really can practice those particular writing skills. So the question that we use for this unit is based on your reading and discussion of thank you, ma'am. Do you think this event with Mrs. Jones impacted Roger enough to make a positive change and a fresh start? Use evidence from the text to support your reasoning. And so students are going back to the text to find evidence, right? And formulating a multi-paragraph essay. 
You also, side note, if you want to bring it to the next level um, and really help your students, you might want to provide them with an evidence tracker with this essential question before you even start reading the story together so they can fill that out as you guys are reading. But if that's too much for your brain to wrap your mind, for you to wrap your brain around, Mm. don't worry about it. So basically we've just walked you through seven different activities that we did with our students for thank you, ma'am. And I love that this can be done in five, maybe six class periods, depending on, you know, your students level. So it really is perfect for right when you come back for winter break. And I just want to point out that if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you may have noticed us talking about some of these things before, right? Like five word wonder or the evidence tracker that Caitlin mentioned, a response to literature, Socratic seminar. Those are all activities that we like to rinse and repeat. Why put more work on ourselves, right? If an activity has worked once with another unit, use it again. And so that's, what's great about this unit is those are things that, you know, our students have most likely already done in the first half of the year. So it's not brand new to them. They're going to elevate their experience and really show up with strong responses. So it's just a good reminder as you head back into the second half of the school year with your students to reuse those activities that work well, it saves you time prepping and planning. And then again, your students become more proficient. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Um, so that being said, thank you guys for a wonderful 2021 together. We'll be heading into a new year. Um, really start to think about what your, I like to have a word, right? Like what your word is for the new year. And it makes me more intentional about the things that I'm, I'm doing, um, and where I'm putting my energy and my effort and my mind. Um, and I think that that's just something that's really helpful to have that one word as opposed to necessarily a resolution. Um, cause I always feel bad about myself when I, you know, don't meet, don't the, meet the resolution <laughs> that I've set, but if I have a word that that's what I'm kind of my lens that I'm looking through this whole year at, that really helps motivate me and inspire me and kind of changes my perspective around things. So I urge you to, come up with a word. What's your word going to be for the, for the next year that we're heading into? Hopefully it's a much better one um, than the one that we're coming out of. I feel like we're, we're leaning into hope and I'm excited Absolutely. For, for the next year. Yeah. Me too. So on that note, happy new year, everybody. Yes. Happy new year. Happy holidays to those of you who celebrate. Um, and we will see you in 2022. Enjoy your winter break. You guys. Bye everyone. Bye.